can now say that Darren turned me on. <laughs> Amen. Are you glad to be here? Good Lord. I ask if you're glad to be here. That was a... I'm not sure you're glad to be here. Are you glad to be here? Yes. Well, I'm glad to be here and thank the Lord for the opportunity and uh, thank the Lord for... Uh, Darren and for his uh, his uh, his uh, <laughs> had a dream the other night. I dreamed I died and went to heaven. I got there and St. Peter met me at the gate. I told him, he said, Brother Moore, I'm sorry you can't get in. You hadn't suffered enough. I said, are you kidding me? I hadn't suffered enough. I was a Baptist preacher, man, dude. He said, I'm sorry, that don't count. I said, you don't understand all I'm going through. He said, I'm telling you, you hadn't suffered enough. You've got to go back. About that time, I saw Darren on the other side of the gate going across. Darren said, hey, Brother Moore, come on in. I said, I've got to go back and suffer some more. St. Peter said, do you know him? I said, yeah. said, you ever heard him sing? I said, yeah. He said, go on in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I want to say this. Sometimes when we start preaching, we preach theory. And uh, we can say this is what the Bible says. But it's theory because we have not experienced that. So you trust that it's so. And I can tell you after a number of years in the ministry, I can now preach fact and it don't have to be theory. I can tell you that what David said, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous of the Lord forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I can tell you that's true. I can tell you that it's true he'll be with you always, even unto the end. I can tell you he's a very present help in the time of need. And that is not theory. That is a fact that I have lived in my life. And I thank the Lord that I can trust him more, love him more, and do my best to serve him more in these days. I want you to turn probably one of the most familiar passages of Scripture in the Bible, and it's the prodigal son, Luke chapter 15. I'm going to begin reading at verse number 11. And a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said, uh, to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that uh, falleth me. And he divided unto him, uh, unto them his living. Now I'm going to drop down. You know the story well, but I, I, I want to drop down, if you will, to verse number 19. And he goes back to the father. Let's look at verse number 18, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, 
I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. The question I pose to you tonight is, how far is it? If you're going to judge the distance, you've got to have a starting point and an ending point. I can tell you, when the plane took off in Raleigh, North Carolina, it said 4,000 miles to Heathrow Airport. Further than I could walk, so I just stayed on the plane. I can tell you that from my house to the airport in Raleigh, about five-mile, ten-minute drive for me. I can tell you the distance from my house to Bristol, Tennessee. The way I know it is because I drive it a lot. And a lot of distances I have, but you always have to have a beginning point and an ending point. Here's the beginning point. Father, give me. We live in a give me day. I want more. I got to have more. I want you to give me this. I want you to give me that. I want you to take away all of my worries, burdens, and heartaches so I can depend on you to take care of me. But this young man come to his dad and said, Dad, you're living too long. And because you're living too long, I'm afraid that I'm going to be too old to enjoy your goods when you do that. That's the Ed Moore version. But basically, that's what happened. Give me what belongs to me. Give me my portion of the goods. Then, after a period of time, he comes back and he says, Dad, make me. Now, when we come to God, what are we asking for? Are we asking him to give me? Uh, I listen, and I'm sure you do. I, I go to a lot of meetings, a lot of different places, and I listen to a lot of prayers. And most of the prayers go something like this. Lord, Aunt Susie stumped her toe. Would you heal it? My sister is having a baby and it may be complicated. Would you see that it's not? I got a friend in the hospital. Would you touch them? Very seldom do I hear anybody say, Lord, I just want to praise you for who you are. I want to praise you for what you're doing. I want to thank you that you've loved me and you've kept me. So I believe we live in a society today when we come before God with give me. But we ought to be coming before God with the attitude of make me. I want you to make me what I ought to be in order that I could be of service for you. The definition of a prodigal is one that expends money extravagantly uh, without necessity. Uh, one uh, uh, with a profane uh, lavishness that he accumulates stuff. We live in a day when we think we got to have a little bit of everything. I can tell you 90% of the stuff I got in my house I never use. It's just there. I've got trinkets people give me 50 years ago. I reach up, I'm going to throw that trinket away and I say, but I remember who gave me that. I can't throw it away because so-and-so gave me that. I don't need it. I'm probably never going to use it again in my life. But it's a matter we accumulate things, and we get the idea we got to have all of this. And the prodigal son said to his dad, Dad, I want you to give me what's mine. 
Hank Little said to me one time, men always count the profit, but they never count the cost. And I don't think this young man counted the cost. What was the cost of him going? Can you imagine the sleepless nights dad spent wondering where that boy was? Was he being looked after? Did he have enough to eat? Did he have a good clean place to sleep? Where's my boy tonight? I think a lot of times the Lord may be saying, I wonder where my children are. They should be in the house of God. They should be walking with me and serving me, but they're somewhere else. I wonder how far they will wander. Then not only the cost of the dad, but the cost to the son that stayed home. We weep over him because every day the prodigal was gone, down in his heart, he got father and father and father from his dad. There was uh, something there. And when the other son comes home, he's not going to rejoice. He's not going to have a party. And you know, it's that way in churches sometimes. Somebody will get out of church, they'll be out of church for a while, and they come back in and people say, yeah, they'll just be here a few days or a few weeks, and then they're probably going to go again. The prodigal, I don't know which one was the most prodigal, the one that stayed at home or the one that went away. Then the uh, resentment that uh, piled up in it became a barrier. And then the son that went away, he didn't have a joyful time. It's not long that he is spent it all. You say, how much did he spend? All of it. How far did Adam and Eve fall in the garden? All the way. You see, if you're not right with God and you're not doing what you ought to do, the fall is all the way. He spent all. And you can take time and time in the scriptures it talks about losing all and nothing left. So the give me. It's the attitude of our society today and many people have the give me attitude. Church today, give me health, wealth, and give me happiness. And that sells, I don't know about here in America, but some of our uh, televisions are filled with preachers that say, you send me $50 and God's going to send you $500 and the fools believe it. And they send a the richest, some of the richest people in the, in the United States is preachers because they're on television and they're begging for money. And they don't make any bones. They'll bag, uh, brag about it and say, man, I, I went out and bought an airplane last week. I paid cash for that airplane. That's because I give. And if you give to me, you're going to get that. And I think, well, i tell you what, I'm just going to save mine by my own airplane. You fly yours the world today. Give me peace. Give me prosperity. And there is no peace and not much prosperity. We're living in a day in America when everything going haywire and crazy. It's got to where you can hardly afford groceries to put on the table. And we have a president that's bonkers and don't know where he's at and I don't know who's running our country. But I can tell you this, the people are still crying, give me give me. And every time they talk about the 
government not being able to pay its bills. You know, they never say the congressmen and senators won't get their money. They say the people on retirement will not get their Social Security check. Poor them. You see, they play on you. Give me. We live in a give me society that there's the riotous living. I don't know. Some say he, went, he lost it wine, women, and song. I don't know. He may have lost it on the stock market. He may have lost it gambling. It doesn't tell us how he lost it, and it don't make any difference how he lost it. He lost everything. And you can lose everything in a lot of different ways, and it don't make any difference how you lost it. You lost it. So he loses it. He wasted his substance, the Scripture says. Whatever he had, he just wasted it. And uh, he was never concerned about stewardship and uh, never considered about what he had or we have, and he spent all. And listen to it. Finally, he said, he wasted it all, all of his resources. I think sometime we need to understand that it can be, not always, but it can be that the church wastes its resources, not in money or material things, but in opportunities to reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ. I know churches got millions of dollars. They could support works all around the world, and they wouldn't give a dime to see an elephant stand on a nail for the simple reason their priorities are not people, their priorities are things, and they live in a give-me society. Now we come to the... Uh, uh, Swine story. Oh, Y'all know what swine is? Pigs. I said one time at uh, Bethany about a hog. One of the young men come up to me and said, what in the world is a hog? I said, you know what a pig is? He said, I do. I said, a hog is a great old big pig. That's what it is. So he ends up in the hog pen. I, I don't. I, I lived on a farm. We raised pigs. I don't know a lot about them, but I can tell you this: pigs are good to eat. I can tell you. I had some for lunch today, but they're not good to eat with. There's a real difference there. When I was a boy, everything that uh, scraps from the table, everything we was going to throw out, went in a bucket. We called it the slop bucket. And we'd, I'd take it down to the pen, and I'd pour that slop in there. And I'm swearing to you, I never one time looked at that slop and said, ooh, I'd sure like to have a bite of that because I'd never been that hungry. I said that to say this. Do you understand where this boy is at? He's lost it all. He has nothing to offer. He has nobody to help him. He's totally alone, and he's got to the point that he's looking from what the pigs leave, and he's thinking, I'm going to eat that. Let me tell you this. In case you don't know it, there's a lot of young people, old people in the world today 
that is eating the slop of the world and they're enjoying it. Imagine that. Do you know in America, we have suicide. We ha in the last year or so, we've had more suicides in America in, in a year period than we had in a five or ten year period prior to that. Why? For the simple reason people have no hope. We have fentanyl coming across the border. It's killing millions of people, and our government just lets the fentanyl come, and one sniff of it will kill you. And people go for that stuff thinking, I'm going to have a good life. This boy knew. I can't have a good life except at Dad's house. That's the only place that I, I can find any relief at all. And I'm telling you this, the only place you and I and the world today can find any peace is at the foot of the Lord Jesus Christ and the cross. And until we understand that, we're going to be like the prodigal sopping up the slop of the world. And it's killing us, folks. And I'm sad to say this. A lot of times, there'll be somebody in the church they're like the prodigal. And instead of the church helping them, they stomp them down. Let me tell you, Ivor Jenkins, I heard him say this so much, sometime I wanted to slap him for saying it. Except by the grace of God, there go I. And you have to remember this, you may never have failed, but that don't mean you never will fail. And when somebody fails, you know what they need? They need somebody to care. And if the church can't care, what good is the church? Now, he comes home. How do you think he'd come home dead and say, you sorry, low down, good for nothing. You took my money. You wasted it. Don't come around here. I'm not helping you anymore. You got what you wanted. Now get out. Well, that's not what happened. If you've read the story, you know what happened. Dad runs and meets him. Now the Muslims say, you don't have to have Jesus Christ in order to be saved because in the story of the prodigal son, He's not there. But let me suggest that he might be there for this reason. When he comes home, it was the custom. When the boy started home, the villagers would come out in the street and beat him and stone him. And a lot of times he would be nearly dead or dead by the time he got to his house. And when the father sees the son. It says he ran to meet him. And in village society, an old man never runs. When you get as old as I am, that's good. I can't run. But now, an old man in that society never runs. What did the father do? I can see it now. He reached down, got his garment from the back, pulled it up, tucked it in his uh, belt, and he ran to meet him. 
What did he do? He took the punishment. They're not going to whip that boy in daddy's arms. <laughs> daddy took his punishment. Isn't that what Jesus Christ did for us? Took our punishment on the cross of Calvary that we could go free. And he brings him into the house. He didn't say, now look, you go out, yonder and live in the stables and don't let me see your face. You can stay here and eat, but you're not. No, no, no. He said, kill the fatted calf. <laughs> Rejoice with me. My son has come back. And in the stories previous to this, there were a hundred sheep. One was lost. One out of a hundred. And the other one, there was ten. One out of ten were lost. And this one, one out of two. Do you know? It don't make any difference. You have one out of a hundred, one out of ten, or one out of two. The Father loves you. The Father wants fellowship with you. And the Father wants you in his home. It was uh, uh, a custom. Come up here, uh, Mr. Rogers. Whoop, lay down, put your head right there. <laughs> it's a custom of the father when a wayward son returned. He would put his foot right on his neck and stomp. From that time on, that boy would walk with a crooked neck, get up, and... Uh, Come on up here. What does the scripture say? The father ran and put the kiss of grace where judgment should have been. I don't know about you, but I about shout. You can go back. What am I saying? I don't care how far you are away. I don't care what you've done in your life. I don't care how regretful you are and what you've done. Daddy's waiting for you to come home. And it's up to you. Hey, notice it. He didn't go get him. He did not go get him. He waited for his return. Let me tell you something. Unless you got the heart to come, all you, you beat, I could beat you, I could pull you, I could do everything. But if it's not in your heart to come, you're not going to come. And this boy had a heart to come. And he came. Last thing. How far is it? from give me to make me. Well, it's just the end uh, or a step beyond the end of self. You ever get to the point that you just can't make the end of self? I can't do it. I can't do it. I have found, uh, I, I'm a little older now than I was a few years ago. And uh, I found when you get my age, uh, people waiting on you to die. I got a call one day in my car. I was going down the road. Phone rung. I said, hello. Voice said, is this Ed Moore? I said, yeah. Are you still alive? I said, yeah. Thank you. Hung up. I thought, what the, what, what in the world? I'm talking on the phone. 
And he asked me if I'm alive. Me and him, one's crazy. Here's what I'm saying. There's a lot of things I can't do today that I did years ago. And when that comes, you get to the end of self. You quit depending on your strength and what you can do. And you understand you have to have help. That's what the prodigal son found out. I cannot do it. But if I get to daddy's house, everything's going to be all right. The second place it is, it's just past, I can make it. I can make it. Uh, there was, I was uh, moved to uh, Hammond, Indiana, and uh, I've got, got a storage unit for some of my furniture. And I was in there stacking and doing something, and Billy Sampson came in and he, Oh, Brother Moore, you can't do that. Brother Moore, you can't do it. Brother Moore, you can't do that. Brother Moore, I just stopped and I said, Leave me alone. If I die right here, it'll be all right. But as long as I can make it, I'm going to do it. Amen? If he was with me today, same scenario, I'd probably say, have at it, Billy. It's your time. But I'm saying there comes a time in our life when not only do we understand that it's beyond us, beyond self, it's also at the end of I can make it because he couldn't make it. And then it's just around the corner from I'm a self-made man. There are many that we call self-made men or women. But when it comes to being a Christian, you're not self-made. You're made by a relationship with a heavenly father and a yielding and a learning process and coming to the end of yourself and depending upon him. And I think we need to pray day by day, Lord, make me what you would have me to be. And that's exactly what the son said to the father. Father, I thank you for this time, for the opportunity to be here and for this church. Many in here have been blessings to me through the years. And I thank you for them. Thank you that I have had the privilege to know them and fellowship with them. And I pray as we go our way, the Spirit of God might speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on up, yeah. Amen. How far from give me to make me? He just said the distance from make me is to when you come to the end of yourself. And the first thing he said was, I can do the stairs. I know what I'm doing. I can do that. I can make it. But uh, you know, what a thought-provoking message. Because how often do we say, Lord, give me. Lord, help me today now. Give me this. Give me that. Give me this for my family. Give me this for my friends. Give me, give me, give me. 
But when do we really come before the Lord and say, Lord, make me more like you are certain. Make me more of a testimony. Make me more uh, of a witness. Make me more uh, as, a, as a husband, as a father, as a son, as, as a daughter, as a wife, whatever it is, Lord, make me be more like you so that people can see Christ in and through me. Maybe you were here tonight and I, I don't know where you are. Maybe you've never trusted Christ as your saviour, then you need to come home to the Father's house because the Father's waiting. He's taken you a punishment. You deserve, as a lost sinner, um, an eternal place in hell. That's, that's what we deserved as sinners. But Christ has taken that punishment. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He became what we are so that we could become what he is, righteous. And his righteousness is added to us so we can enjoy the Father's house. Now, you may come to know the Lord as your Savior, and that doesn't mean everybody's going to be happy. The brother wasn't happy that he'd come home. But the Father was happy. A lot of people will not come to know Christ as their Savior because they're afraid of what other people will think. It doesn't matter what other people think because when you stand before the throne of God, all that matters is what you did with Christ. Now, if you are here tonight and you know Christ as your Savior, where are you between the give me and make me? Have you wandered off a little bit from the Father's house? Are you full on in the pigsty, eating the pig food, recognizing the fact that in the Father's house there's a much better provision? Where are you in your journey with the Lord? You know, I've often said it takes many steps to walk away from the Lord, but it only ever takes one step to come back. You know, the son made that journey way before he got to the father's house when he said, back in dad's house, even the servants live a better life than I'm living now. So wherever you are in your walk with the Lord, if you're not where you should be, make that step back to the father. You know, oftentimes we're afraid of what the church might think. It doesn't matter what the church thinks. It doesn't matter what the self-righteous, hypocritical person who sat in the same pew for the, the entire lives in the church thinks. It only matters what the Father thinks. And if you're not where you should be, he wants you back in the right place. So make that journey, the distance between give me and make me. And I pray that prayed you'd listen to that message again and again and again and if you didn't understand him because of his accent it'll be on youtube facebook sermon audio look it up listen to it again well it, it we've got subtitles on uh, on facebook now so here we, are. we had a little bit of north carolina draw this morning with pastor philip so it kind of prepared us for the way i mean you did have a welsh twang before you left but it's been uh, it's been like almost 20 years now since you've been back in uh, in North Carolina, so you've got your accent back a little bit. But uh, please listen to the message again and, um, you know, do what the Lord wants you to do with what you've heard. Amen. All right, we'll stand and sing our last hymn together, and then we'll close out our service and enjoy a time of fellowship together. Amen. <laughs>
Uh, he sat and we'll close this in a word of prayer. Thanks. Thank you for all that happened here this day in your name. Amen.